The festive season is here, and I can't think of a better time to be enjoying delicious cocktails with your nearest and dearest. So this Christmas, why not celebrate the Italian way with Malfi Gin and be transported to the stylish Amalfi Coast to experience a taste of La Dolce Vita, a lifestyle that is so rain. It's all about bringing your community together to enjoy the simple pleasures in life, like a great DMC around the table with your favorite people, gorgeous food and drinks, and feeling your most stylish self. So get ready for your festive hosting and head to MalfiGin.com to find your flavor along with plenty of dreamy cocktail recipes. There's no better way to enjoy a slice of Italy this Christmas. Cheers to that and enjoy Malfi responsibly. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. and I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. I am so excited that today we're joined by Chloe Grace Moret. Strap yourself in for this fact. Chloe's been acting since the age of five and now at 25 has already got 50 acting credits on her CV. Now Chloe is back on our screens on the Amazon Prime mind-blowing sci-fi show, The Peripheral, which follows Chloe's character, Flynn, as she unearths, through gaming, a connection to an alternative reality with a dark future. Honestly, it's brilliant, and you might just get a headache trying to figure out what is actually going on. In this episode, Clary tells me that she's quite the gamer herself who loves to fuck shit up, in her own words, and gives us a much-needed lesson in finding our personal boundaries and people-pleasing. Chloe and I bond over our shared love of the Miley Cyrus song, The Climb. The message is so powerful, okay? And Chloe also shares her experiences growing up in the film industry and the power dynamics she had to deal with. I love Chloe's new Fuck It ethos for life, so I hope it inspires you to let go too. Now, crowns at the ready, let's rain. Hello, Chloe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. And I mean, babe, you are back with a bang, aren't you, with this TV show? (laughs) I mean, for someone with a speech impediment when I can't quite say my PH and F sounds, it's very hard to say, but the peripheral got it, done it. Yeah, no, you did a good job. A 10 out of 10, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's got twists, it's got turns, it's got, it throws everything at you and the kitchen sink, really. But you, when you were doing this, which plot twist really had you shook F? I mean, I can't give it all away. (laughs) Come on. Which plot twist? I mean, come on. You know, you know, I can't give it all away. But one I really love uh, that I can talk about isn't really that much of a twist because it's kind of what we are telling, you know, it's, it's what the show is about. Um, is is the fact that when she puts on this headset, you know, she's a she's a gamer girl, um, which is, you know, it's exactly who I am. <laughs> um, and she's always kind of used virtual reality and simulation games to um, break out of her kind of current surroundings and and the expectations around her daily life. And she uses it to escape. 
And she puts on this headset that is supposed to be kind of beta testing for a new game. And she's transported to future London. And instead of being um, operating a game, she's operating a robot body. Um, at first, it's her brother's body um, because they think that that's who's playing the game. And then they realize that it's Flynn and she eventually gets her own robot body. Um, and that was something that I really enjoyed playing with because it's this juxtaposition to who you really are versus this artificial kind of self. Um, and it was something that, uh, you know, it, it kind of fell into um, in moments, you know, role play in, in, in some aspects where she's figuring out who she is through this lens of a different self, which is really exciting and fun. Yeah, and you just mentioned are you are you are a bit of a gamer girl, are you? Oh, yeah, like not even a bit, like like a little too much probably. <laughs> <laughs> how often do we play? What games are we playing? Uh, how often do I play? All the time. The answer is always. Um, <laughs> I like even here in London, I brought my Switch with me, so I've been like gaming every night. So when I'm traveling, I play like kind of more like simple games that make me not so stressed out. Um, so I play like Mario Kart or Mario Party. But then when I'm home, I play really high octane games like Call of Duty. Oh, wow. <laughs> the first person shooter is my like my like go to. I love how you go in with the light Mario Kart, throwing some like <laughs> coins and stuff. And then you're like, do you know what? I'm going in when you I'm home. You know what I really like to do? I like to fuck shit up. <laughs> Babe, same. And I mean, one of the things about this show, which kind of does make me a bit nervous for the future, is this whole, like, because everyone all the time is going on about alternative realities and, like, the metaverse and all those kind of things. And everyone ever talks about it. I'm like, huh, no, I can't. I can't go there. My mindset's not there. I'm not signing up for this. <laughs> for you, does this kind of make you a bit nervous for the alternative future that might be coming our way? So the novel this is based on is a book called The Peripheral by William Gibson. And uh, just preface what I'm about to say, uh, and the thing about William Gibson, what they, you know, what he's called is a speculative uh, fiction writer. So what he does is he really um, creates a future that is tangible and is really close to home. Um, and when we were uh, we were at the premiere and jo jo Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, they gave like a little speech before uh, we uh, showed the first episode. And it was really it was really funny, but also very harrowing because he was like, you know, we read the book and it was just really off the charts, a pandemic, you know, political. <laughs> like they, he kind of went through the whole gambit of what the show encompasses. And he was like, so we really had to scrap all of that and not put it into the show as a joke. And the sense was is that all those things are, are completely true to our reality, mm. um, you know, uh, economically, politically and health wise with the pandemic that we just went through. Um, and these are things that William Gibson wrote about 14 years ago. You know, so we're talking about longer than that at this point. Um, but we're talking about, you know, someone who scarily has his finger on the pulse. So I hope he's not completely correct about the future. But um, this show kind of does put you in a freaky position. Yeah, R.I.P. me if this is the future. Like, <laughs> R.I.P. me. This is me what, out. What's fun about the future is that you can, I mean, at least what I found fun about the future is that you can fabricate whatever you want to wear. Like, this is like just a side note that Michelle Clapton, who designed the show or costume designed the show, who's a badass. She did get all the Game of Thrones um, uh, season one all the way through. And then she did uh, The Crown as well. So she's just like the best. Um, but she, her like idea behind it was 
you can fabricate from the ground up and like 3D print any clothing you want in the world from any era. So everyone, like every extra all the way through the cast, everyone has super specific wardrobe, which is really fun. I love so that's that. One. <laughs> it's kind of like, like Clueless of the Future with the wardrobe. Yeah, no, it is. Love. It's like 100% Clueless of the Future. <laughs> Stunning. That I can sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> See, some of the future we want. Yeah, we want that. We want that. We want it. We just want a bigger wardrobe, babe, basically. I do. I want to be able to do it all. <laughs> Honey just needs options. I need yes, options. you know what I love? An option. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I mean, one of the things about the show, but I love this idea that it's exploring these alternative realities, because I think actually it makes us reflect on the alternative realities we put ourselves into every day. I mean, we're <laughs> of a social media generation. We're kind of been coached into or coaxed into portraying alternative yeah. realities that are different from our own and falling into those kind of traps. Have you ever found yourself falling into that trap where you're kind of pushing a different visual when actually inside it's a very different story? Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's a modicum of that that's like self-preservation. You know, I think mm. there's, a mod- there's a modicum of that where like, I think we do that as a, as a, you know, as as a part of humanity to kind of get by. And it's become exacerbated by social media, 100%, you know, is, you know, how far can you go wearing a mask of, you know, who you think you should be emulating as yourself? Um, and it, it's a super, it's a super slippery, slippery slope. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think growing up 100%, I think, you know, you, you end up doing that so much throughout your teen years. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I've, I, I think a way that I've kind of figured out a lot about myself is trying different parts of myself on, you know what I mean? Mm. And seeing how that fits and trying different aspects of myself on and seeing how that fits. Um, and I think that's like a big part of your, of your growth. And what gets slippery with that is when, you know, if in the sense that you, um, you kind of, you know, drink your own Kool-Aid, you know what I mean? Is if, if you really, um, believe sometimes if you are putting on this whole persona, if you start to believe that that's your actual reality, instead of trying to figure out pieces of yourself and seeing what pieces you want of yourself, if that makes sense. Mm, it makes total sense. <laughs> and that comes back to this idea of what the show, when you really boil it down, is all about mindset and changing your mindset, yeah. isn't it? When do you think you've put the brakes on in your life and switched up your mindset? Oh my gosh, so many times I feel like, I mean, I feel um, probably the pandemic was the biggest, was the biggest uh, reset. It was the first time that I'd ever um, been home uh, for for longer than a couple months, probably Mm. like since I was, you know, nine years old, I would say, because I've been acting since I was five. I'm 25 now, so it's a long time. That's a good Uh, 20 years, babe. It's a good 20 years, babe. It's a good 20 years. (laughs) But... But, you know, it it was the first time that I I got to kind of sit for a second and it was, uh, you know, revolutionary in a lot of ways. I actually got to figure out my own pace of of what I want my life to feel like and and who I am. And and I learned a lot um, of, I think, my boundaries in life and, 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 and what I want in my friendships and what I want in my relationships. Um, And it was it was really, really um, needed, I think, 
for me to finally stop and uh, uh, all the noise was gone and I had to kind of find figure out what the hell the noise was inside my own mind and I, and I had to kind of pick through that and 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 figure that out and it was um it was really you know revolutionary I would say for me mm. we talk about boundaries quite a lot in this podcast I mean I have like zero boundaries. My boundaries do not exist. Like anyone can just like come on in. And I'm like, yeah, bye. Like really trying to work on it as a process. Yes. For you, how has that helped you shape your friendships? Because that is such a difficult thing to get right. I think every relationship in your life, um, I think boundaries are super important. Uh, I think figuring out what your boundaries are and being able to implement those. And I think one big thing that I talk to my therapist a lot about there's this incredible book called The Fourfold Way, and I suggest everybody reads it. It is it is just fantastic. It um, has helped me through a lot of really difficult times in my life. Um, but one thing that it talks about is speaking your truth without blame or judgment, and that if you are casting blame or judgment, you're not speaking your truth. You're 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 um, you're judging someone or you're blaming something on someone. And so part of you know realizing your boundaries and in and actually enforcing your boundaries is speaking your truth without blame or judgment to people um, and seeing what you get back and listening to what you get back and learning from what you get back. Um, so boundaries are a new thing for me too. I didn't grow up with any boundaries. I did not learn any boundaries in my life. And I got hit like a ton of bricks multiple times. <laughs> and and I was like, you know what? I think I need to learn this thing called boundaries. <laughs> and, <laughs> And it's been great, but it's been, it's really weeded a lot of people out of my life. It has weeded mm. a lot of people out of my life for the better. Yeah. Sometimes you need the cleanse, I think, <laughs> to work out like what your energy is, who you are as a person without yeah. external influences all the time as well. A hundred percent. I mean, I think a really big part, you know, and like human connection matters so much, right? So it matters yeah. like... It, it really does matter. I think that's also what we learned through the pandemic is like isolation is not healthy <laughs> you know, like to a point. No. It's really good to be solo and really good to have, you know, autonomy in your life. But at the same time, human connection really matters. Um, so, you know, the thing with 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 cleansing people out of your life, you really do start to realize like, oh, how does like this person make me feel? You know, and what do I what do I feel internally when I'm with you? And when I go away from you for a while and then we come back together, whether it be a friendship, um, you know, relationship, family, whatever it is in your life. How do I feel around you and do you make me uh, feel good? And it's honestly as simple as that. And when you start to really figure out, like, what makes you feel good and what makes you feel whole, um, you can kind of follow your own like true north, you know what I mean? Your 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 own intuition. And like your body will tell you more than your mind will tell you, I feel like most of the time. Mm -hmm. But our mind ignores our kind of physical reactions to things. Um, and you should really listen to your heart rate, you know what I mean? Listen to your heart in actually the way that your nervous system reacts to situations and people. Um, babe, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm literally like, I feel like I'm at the therapist now. I'm like, doo, 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 boundaries <laughs> need to work on. <laughs> Boundaries. Boundaries in big. Boundaries. Underline. 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 <laughs> but it's so amazing you have that really strong sense of your own voice as well. Because I think it must have been like when you actually think about your career, like when you were saying you started at five and then mm. you've been in over like 50 TV shows and movies, like that. 
Hun, that is a CV and a half. <laughs> It's a crazy number. Yeah, it's a crazy number. Crazy number. Like, how have you learned to really respect your inner voice and find your voice? What have been some turning points in finding your voice for you? Um, I mean, growing up, you know, it's just like, it's so funny. I remember being like 18 and I was like, man, I really got it on lock. I feel good. I don't know what people are talking about that like you like don't feel confident <laughs> and then i like turned 19 and i was like whoa whoa <laughs> whoa like you know uh my like outward self was was like finally i think i finally realized that that's a a thing and that you know public opinion is a thing or personal opinion is a thing and that some people just like just just don't like you because they don't like you you know what i mean like it's and it's you know it just is what it is um and so i think you know for me i i I feel like I was in my own little bubble for a long time. And then my bubble got burst. And I just, um, I realized, uh, I realized that there's a whole lot of feelings that people have about you and in general in life and, and how to kind of keep that noise at bay. And, and that I think goes for anyone in any career. Everyone has something to say at any point in time in your life. And it's, it's really all about figuring out who you are and what it is that makes you happy. You know, it, it is so cliche, but I, I, I always operated for a long time. I operated um, under this guise of I, what I wanted to achieve outwardly and what I wanted to do for outward exception, you know, in, 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 in my, even just my small groups in my life, you know, people around me. Um, and I was just people pleasing, people pleasing, people pleasing, people pleasing. And I think a big turning point I've had in the last year, honestly, the last year and a half has been to say like, fuck it a little bit. And, and to, to, to people please myself, <laughs> you know, mm. and figure it, figure out what it is that Chloe really needs in this moment. And, 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 and what that looks like without, um, without blame or judgment for myself, you know, kind of unabashed self-acceptance, um, which is something that I, you know, is like radical for me because I never, I never did that. Um, and if anything ever happened that went wrong, it was always my fault in my own mind and how I perceived it. And that anxiety and that guilt is really intense to live with. And I started to, I think, keep the noise at bay or start to start to keep that outward noise at bay and to really, really look inward and and figure out who I am and just have really meaningful conversations with those around me and have really honest conversations with those around me. And people will tell you exactly who they who they are, you know? Mm. They just I mean, will. That fuck it epiphany is a stunning one, huge. isn't it? <laughs> it's huge. Mm. And it really is, it really just, it, I, like I always, people always said this to me when I was younger. They're like, when you grow up, you're going to learn that like, a lot of this shit doesn't matter. A lot of people and things that are going on around you, it doesn't matter. And you're going to, you're going to like learn to be there for yourself. And it's one of those things that like all of a sudden I turned 25 and my like frontal cortex of my brain like formed, I like felt it form. And then I was like, Oh, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> like a hundred percent. It was like, it was, there's a huge difference from 23 to 24 to 25. Like I feel like every year, is a massive growth spurt uh, internally. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I just hit my early 30s and I'm still trying to find the words. Like, I'm like, fuck it. 
Yes. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> no, listen, I still struggle a lot with it. Good. <laughs> but it is it is a strong upward an upward, you know, steady pace to the mm. peak. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little like, you know. Yeah. It's it's like it's the climb, basically, to quote. You know Miley what? Cyrus. In the in the words of Miley Cyrus, i.e. Hannah Montana, it's the climb, babe. <laughs> it we is. Knew, and you know what? That. that song's incredible. Yeah. No one would take that away. That song is fantastic. Yes. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, it's like the moral message of that song is it's, actually It is strong. the pinnacle of existence. That song <laughs> is fantastic. It can dictate so many things in my life. <laughs> I'm already seeing us clipping this up with the climb in the background and it's going to be a real like <laughs> it's going to be a real emotive experience for everyone I can already feel it I hope so I hope this is like yeah exactly 4D I hope Miley Cyrus comes to the screen I hope like all of a sudden she's like rising out of people's phones or radio or whatever mm. however people are listening to this Babes, I hate to break it to you, but I don't have the same budget as Amazon Prime, so I'm not sure I can make these things. Well, I'm going to call some people and I'm going to make this. <laughs> Excuse me, can we have a 4D experience? Can we have smell vision <laughs> I am so excited that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by my favorite tipple for the festive season, Malfi Gin. A gin from Italy inspired by the glamour of the Amalfi Coast. I love the festive season because it's the perfect opportunity to dress up. And this Christmas, Malfi Gin has partnered with Byrotation, the UK's largest fashion rental platform. They've curated an edit of the most stylish party wear for you to channel La Dolce Vita so you can look as stunningly gorgeous as Malfi Gin tastes. Just use the code Malfi on the La Dolce Vita edit and receive 15% off your rental on the Buy Rotation app right now. Merry Christmas and enjoy Malfi responsibly. I think it must have been very interesting for you on that journey in that 20 years of working, which still blows my mind even thinking about it, is that in those moments, you go through such formative periods where you are a child, then you're a teenager, then you're a young woman. And I think that at different stages, people talk to you and treat you differently within those stages as well. So then to try and have that strong sense of your own voice must have been really difficult and challenging at times, right? When you're faced with that kind of like reverse ageism and sexism at the same time. Oh yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it was always, it was always odd. I mean, from my, my first leading role, I was uh, 13 or 14, yeah, 14 in Carrie. That was my first like lead, like lead one, you know, where I was working every day in every scene and, 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 uh, you know, I think a big part of of being like the lead in in a show or a movie is you kind of set the tone for mm. for the set, and everyone, you know, effectively everyone is there, um, but you're in a way like a little bit of like a you know uh, uh, a figurehead in the sense that you kind of like the way you react and act towards people like it has a trickle effect, you know, and it really it really has a ripple effect, um, and that was a really interesting experience. And as I kind of grew up and started to learn a little bit more of like that leadership role and what that looked like, it was always really interesting to see um, 
who would be really unhappy with a young woman who at that point, you know, I had already worked for, you know, so many years, almost 10 years at that point. And as I kind of continued through uh, having more important roles on set as I grew up, it was always very interesting to see the pushback that I would get from um, from from a lot of people. Uh, majority of it was, you know, older men for sure, who would infantilize me. And if I had, you know, real things to kind of bring to the table, a lot of the time um, it would get shot down. And there were a lot of moments where it wouldn't, you know, and that I was treated equally. Um, but it was a it was a really wild power struggle. Um, and, and power dynamic of a young girl who had worked for already 10, 11, 12 years throughout my teenage years, but and was the lead of, of the movies, but was still a kid in the wow. in the sense, in every sense of the word. And they might have children the same age as me. And there was just a really interesting rub that would happen that um, I felt like I was always really fighting against when I was younger and trying to figure out like, how do I um, conduct myself in a way that I'll be respected, you know, and, and so I can be respected on set and, 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 and kind of given the credit that I felt that I deserved um, just to have a voice in the same game when I'm playing characters that are my age. You know, I'm, I'm advocating for female characters of my exact age at the time and having to even advocate to an older man on behalf of your 14, 15, 16 year old self is, is a really, really crazy kind of mind fuck. Um, and so it kind of taught me how to propose questions and in a way to make the ideas, their ideas. So then it would come back around and be like, Oh my God, what a novelty idea that you have on behalf of my character <laughs> <laughs> that I totally did not propose to you <laughs> in no, you know, in no special way. Um, but it just, it was, yeah, it was, it was an interesting kind of dynamic. And as that grew up, as I grew up and as my, my characters grew up, um, I, I always had to be like very, very sweet and very kind of back in the way that I propose things, but strong. And then again, as I grew up, it kind of got to that fuck it time where, um, you know, <laughs> now um, working for, you know, 18, 19, 20 years I, at this point, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I know a set and I know, um, I know, I know filmmaking like the back of my hand. Like I would say it is, it is like probably the largest part of, of me, you know what I mean? It, it is a, a huge part of my life and I love it. And I love having a, a hand in not just being the actor on set, but, but hopefully being able to, um, you know, answer questions if people have them and, 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 and talk to the producers and talk to the showrunner and talk to directors and, and, you know, really try to, to, to kind of fill that, that leadership role in a lot of ways. And, um, it was really interesting being on the peripheral because that was my first time doing television, eight months of a project, 117 days. I'm in 113 of those days. Um, and I was lead one throughout, all eight episodes in two different worlds. And I'm the only one that's able to go through both worlds. So it was intense, you know, to say the and least, <laughs> to say the least, like it was, it was really, and we were, and we were what we call cross-boarded. So we were shooting episode one through eight throughout one day with multiple directors in multiple worlds. So it was a lot of planning, a lot of planning. 
Um, and it was really wonderful because I feel like I really came into my own of who I am in, in that situation. Um, and I was met with so much equality and mm. respect across the board. And that was something that I, uh, I, w- I felt there was a really big difference in the fact that I wasn't people pleasing and just being really upfront and really honest and, you know, standing up for, for what I believed in and what circumstances or whatever it was. And it was, it was met with a ton of clarity. And that was a, that was very different for me. Um, mm. And, and I, I feel like the growth, you know, not to ramble on too long, but I feel like the growth um, through every stage of my life and my career has been like one-to-one um, and where I am now, you know, so much of art begets life uh, because it's such an intimate art form and it's, it's so much as, you know, it's performative therapy in so many ways. Mm. It is directly reflected in my personal life, wh- how I act on set or how I am in my characters. And I think that really came across in this, which was mm. really interesting. Well, it's so amazing to be in that stage in life where you found your power, because that is what this podcast yeah. is all about. <laughs> it's being the queen of your own life reigning yes. over that life, finding that yes. power. And before you have to run off to go do the next 56 project or whatever number you are <laughs> on now, we always end on this question that is in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you'll always live by? Um, I would probably go to what I said earlier is that listen to what people tell you in the sense that they will tell you exactly who they are and and listen to them when they tell you who they are. You know, and don't, you know, don't ignore your intuition. Um, I think that's the big thing that I, I really follow now. And it's the climb. And babe, it's the fucking climb. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much for joining me. You're amazing. Love the show. Love you. you. Just keep raining. You know what? Keep raining, babe. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcast from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time. <laughs>